0: Aloha, welcome to the Zeno Podcast, where we talk about how we shape stories and how they shape us. My name is Cole.
1: And I'm Mickey. We're at BYU-Hawaii, which is one of the most diverse schools in the nation.
0: Yeah, and Hawaii is known as the crossroads of the Pacific. So it's such a melting pot of different people and different cultures. And especially here at BYU-Hawaii, we see how diverse this island can really get. So today, um, we're, we're continuing on our... Episodes about different countries and we've asked Angela to join us and Angela's from the Philippines So Angela, can you introduce yourself and just tell us a little bit about you?
2: Alright, so aloha everyone. I'm Angela Fontane. I'm from the Philippines from an island there called Cebu I'm an English major and I'm a senior already
0: <laughs> Already a senior
2: <laughs> I know
0: <laughs> So how do you feel about your time? Coming to a close here at BYU Hawaii,
2: it's just so mind-boggling to think that I'm graduating soon, because it feels like didn't I just come here yesterday. <laughs> so obviously, I'm enjoying my time, especially since I came home from my mission. And you know, it'll be hard to say goodbye next year, but you know, just gotta enjoy it while it lasts. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Sometimes I feel like I'm never going to get there. <laughs> Even you though will. I, I still have but. <laughs> I think it's important to, you know, like you are saying, just really try to soak up yeah, every moment. So after you're done, do you plan to return home?
2: Well, one of my biggest plans is to go to grad school and get a PhD in English literature. So it might be a while till I get home, but you know who knows where I'll end up. So whether I end up at home in the Philippines or somewhere else, you know, I'm, I'm open to it.
0: And I guess a good question would be, how did you get from the Philippines to here? What, what made you want to come or what, why did you, why'd you end up here in Hawaii?
2: So my parents always envisioned me going to a church school for college. And I honestly didn't know where I wanted to go to school, but I decided that, yeah, I should definitely go for BYU-Hawaii. And I got accepted and just... Every day that I've spent here just made me realize that this was the right place for me after all.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: What about BYU-Hawaii confirms that this was the right place for you?
2: I guess being with my teachers and my friends, just knowing that I'm in the place with the right people who shape me for the better, that just confirmed that this is definitely where I need to be and it's a church school so I get the most of spiritual education as well so it's a it's the best of both worlds
0: Yeah, I agree I totally agree (laughs) and maybe to segue a little bit let's talk about the basics of of where you're from in the Philippines so for maybe those people who don't know can you describe where the Philippines is if we were looking at a map?
2: Okay, so the Philippines is located in Southeast Asia, almost in the Pacific region of it. So sometimes people wonder are Filipinos Asian or are or are Filipinos Pacific Islanders. I don't really have an answer for that. Mm-hmm. I would just say yes to all. because <laughs> right, yeah, we're we're the best of both, I guess. So the Philippines is composed of. If I remember correctly, it's 7,107 islands, wow. um, probably way more, especially when it's low tide. So that we're an archipelago, and it's a beautiful place with so many different kinds of people and a lot of languages, not just Tagalog.
0: <laughs> right. Do you have any idea of how many languages are spoken there? Hmm.
2: There's a whole lot. The When I was in high school, we were always taught that there were at least eight that we identified in our textbooks, but I know that there's definitely more. Not just the eight recognized dialects, but also different tribal dialects in different regions, especially since there are still those who remained unconquered during the Spanish rule. So they still kept their language. So there's a whole lot of languages to find depending on which island group you're in.
0: Right. For, for that, like about all those different languages, mm-hmm. do you usually branch out and speak different island groups languages, or do you just focus on Tagalog?
2: Well, nationally, we speak Tagalog, mm-hmm. but depending on where you're from, the dialect would be very different. For example, there are three main island groups that we have. So the very north one is called Luzon. And the languages you find there are mostly Tagalog. There's also Ilocano and um, Kapampangan, just to name a few. Uh, In the middle is the Visayas. So that's where you can find mostly Cebuano Cebuano Mm dialects. So where I'm from, Cebu, that falls under the Visayas. And then towards down the south is Mindanao, and it's also where you can find a lot of Muslim communities. So there are a lot of people who speak Arabic and other languages that Muslims usually speak, aside from Cebuano and other dialects there.
1: So me and Cole know you a little more personally than (laughs) some of our listeners, because Angela works at the Reading Writing Center with us, so, just yesterday she held a training and it was really awesome. Well, you mentioned that you didn't start learning Tagalog until you were 15, right? Yes. So, why don't you tell us about like your first language and your experience learning a second language at 15.
2: Okay, so my mom, she was a communications major in college, and when she had me, she decided that all her children were going to learn English first before they learned the vernacular languages. So she spoke English to me since day one. And I've only spoken English ever since. And then by the time I hit high school, well, I overhear my parents talk, so I understood how the language works. And then I started having Filipino classes. So that's where I started to piece together um, how Tagalog really works. And that's how I was able to speak it and understand it. But my mom still encouraged me to speak in English. Uh, for the rest of my life but eventually well I guess I had a rebellious mind mm-hmm. I decided that I had to learn because no one else is going to understand me well even if English is one of the main languages in the Philippines people are more comfortable speaking either Tagalog or Cebuano or their home dialect right. so that's why I was determined to learn the language is there because I wanted to connect with the people. So now my mom doesn't really care anymore mm-hmm. which language I speak. She, uh, in fact, she, the more she thought about it, she said, "I just, I wish I raised you speaking Tagalog." <laughs> yeah, but in the end, like wh- uh, whatever language I spoke, it was for my benefit anyways. So, yeah.
0: I think that's interesting how you say it was kind of like a rebellious mind. Mm-hmm. You were learning the language that was most commonly mm-hmm. spoken. Yeah. So is that, how do I form this question? Is that common to, if you go against what your parents tell you, is that a very common thing in the Philippines?
2: Uh, not really. I would say that being obedient to our parents is a very uh, Filipino practice. Mm-hmm. Um... I guess what I mean by a rebellious mind is because my mom sometimes scolded me. So, mom, if you're listening to this, peace <laughs> out. But my mom just wanted me to learn English first and master that first. Right. She just said, you have to master it first before you learn another language. But because they, my mom and dad often spoke to each other in Tagalog, when I guess it's uh, linguistic development at work, so my mind could not just learn English just like that because it would also pick up Tagalog and the other languages so that's how I learned so eventually I was able to speak Tagalog and my mom was my mom ended up pleased with it anyways because she could also speak to me in Tagalog Mm -hmm. and then eventually when I was in college there at around 18 I had to learn Cebuano because most of my friends not just in church but in college were also speaking Cebuano. so I wanted to understand what they were saying, right. so I eventually learned and picked it up.
0: So, if you could walk us through the typical day okay. in the Philippines, maybe let's say a day when you don't have school. Okay. So, what would the typical day look like?
2: A typical day um, when there's no work and no school, especially during holidays, uh, I guess the tradition would be sleep in. Sleep in? Nice. Sleep in and eat. And, you know enjoy a movie spend time with your family because uh, Filipinos by nature we're very family oriented so right. if if work and school doesn't pull you away from your family we're always together somehow
0: and is that so is that similar to how it is here in Hawaii where families usually even extended families will live close to each other oh a yes the
2: time? definitely well not in my immediate family because most of my relatives, even my grandparents, moved to mainland USA. But typically, yes, if your grandparents or aunts and uncles live nearby, uh, sometimes if the family can afford it, they would ha- they have a certain land that becomes like a family compound. Mm-hmm. So cousins grow up together. Well, in my case, my cousins lived a little bit further in the city. So, but even then, whenever we'd have time, we'd still drive on a Sunday and have lunch together and stuff.
0: Yeah, that's cool. So what are the biggest differences from Filipino culture and Hawaiian culture? Let's
2: see, hmm, I guess uh, there's not a lot because I would say we're all like friendly people Uh and stuff. Um, I guess one major difference I see in Filipino culture is that Filipinos tend to be a bit shyer and a bit more reserved okay. compared to most cultures but I think uh, when Filipinos come here they tend to open up more and you know they adapt to the cultures around them mm-hmm.
0: yeah. so. and is that something you had to learn too to move from being shy to opening up more
2: no actually because by nature um, even if I'm an introvert I was I'm not as I'm not your typical reserved Filipino. Yeah. Yeah, so I talk a bit more than the Filipinos, I guess. But yeah, I didn't have problems opening up with and embracing other people because by nature, I just like meeting others.
0: Right, okay. So were there any aspects of culture shock that you did encounter?
2: Well, well, I guess school culture, for example, um, the in the Philippines, when the teacher asks you a question and you have to answer it, you have to stand up here i'm happy that we can just sit down <laughs> yeah and the idea of moving from classroom to classroom uh-huh. because i studied in a school where the teachers come to your classroom even towards high school so for me it felt like just just like the movies are oh we're going from classroom to classroom mm-hmm. and oh. the bell rings <laughs> so yeah i think that was one thing that was that i found pretty cool
1: yeah So you did some college in the Philippines? Two semesters. And was it generals or what were some things you were studying? Well,
2: I was also going to be a communications major, so I took some classes toward that. Um, That's where we also started going from classroom to classroom. That's where I was starting to adjust to college life. But, yeah, we would also have general classes, especially Filipino classes. And I took an economics class, so those were required classes typically in the Philippines
0: yeah so for schooling mm-hmm. the, how does the school system work or how is it set up in your country
2: so all the classes except for Filipino are taught in English and when it comes to English classes were very, very focused on grammar and essay writing. So it was no surprise that being an English major was my natural choice because right. it was something that I was used to. When it comes to learning Filipino, um, it's less literature more than it is grammar and composition because we still have uh, special literature classes uh, in our English departments. But the Filipino classes, we had to learn how how to identify nouns and different kinds of sentence structures in Filipino and it was Tagalog that was the language that we would learn because that was the national language. Mm-hmm. We we would only study about four major literary works towards high school so in first year you learn the Ibong Adarna or the Adarna bird it's a sort of like an epic book wow. that was written long ago and then by your sophomore year, you learn this really amazing poem, epic poem called Florante at Laura. So it was written by one of our great Filipino writers. Mm-hmm. And then towards your junior and senior year, you have to learn the two major novels of our national hero, Jose Rizal. So junior year, you learn Noli um, Me which is Touch Me Not, I believe, in English. And then in senior year, you will learn... El Filibusterismo. And those two works were very critical to learn because they shaped the national spirit that was going on at that time because we were still under Spanish rule when that book was written. So it's like a glimpse of the past. But other than that, we don't really study any other Filipino works, which I find kind of sad because mm-hmm. you do the opposite in English because you learn a lot of uh, books by various authors yeah. from various countries. And here we don't read don't really study but books written by Filipino authors.
0: Could you tell us a little bit more about your national... So there's two novels about your national hero?
2: Yeah, or right? they were written by our national oh, hero. Oh, by your national yeah. hero.
0: Could you tell us a little bit about that? Like, why is he not your national hero? Okay, yeah,
2: sure. So Jose Rizal is our national hero because uh, he wasn't like a soldier or a general or something. He was a writer and an artist and also a doctor and he became our national hero because he he really wrote so much about why the filipinos should band together and love their country and oppose spanish rule and he he wrote all those works because he was educated in europe so he was able to infiltrate the system and those books they were very very subtle in the way they he would criticize the government and everything. So that's why we were required to learn it in high school.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if I'm understanding right, it's kind of like... It was like a little rebellion, mm-hmm. sort of, that he yeah. initiated, and that's why he's seen as the national Yeah. Girl.
2: He, he was more of a peaceful kind of... Uh, he wanted a peaceful revolution. He was right. the one who said... He said the pen is mightier than the sword, mm-hmm. whereas other heroes in the Philippines, they were more soldiers and generals and warriors. Right. So he was their, their complete opposite.
1: And when were those books written?
2: Uh, I actually forgot the year, about 1600s, I think. Could be later or earlier. Okay. But around that time
0: and was the revolution peaceful
2: no (laughs) it ended up really really i don't
0: know
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah the filipino revolution was very bloody we have the famous katipunan which is like the army that fought for filipino freedom so well the katipunan has been disbanded for centuries already but Mm -hmm. yeah it was not a peaceful revolution at all
0: yeah what is it like there now is it is it peaceful throughout the Philippines
2: yeah I would say it's uh, it's quite peaceful in the Philippines Uh, we do have some a few national problems a few problems in violence you'll probably read them on the media but other than that our president is trying really really hard to keep the peace and make sure that the violence lessens yeah but other than that there's there hasn't been any big problems
0: that's good Yeah, that's really good. So this is changing gears Mm -hmm. a little bit. Yeah. But in my so my experience, I knew there. So in London, I knew a lot of people from the Philippines. Mm -hmm. And obviously here in Hawaii, there's quite a few. But the food I love. Oh, yes. (laughs) So can you tell us a little bit about your favorite foods? You can talk about ones you miss or just anything.
2: Okay, so. The most typical Filipino food we would think of is adobo, right.
0: so it's basically That's it's, what I was thinking yeah it's you.
2: pork and it's marinated really well. Uh, we also have uh, tapa, which is like it's also like fried beef and everything. There's my favorite would actually be in the dessert area. Mm-hmm. We have this uh, dessert called buko pandan. Buko is coconut, oh. and then it's just it's shreds of coconut meat with cream and um pandan jelly and it's just really yummy especially when you add mangoes to it yeah Mm. uh but a typical filipino uh, food at a birthday party would be filipino style spaghetti which people usually find weird because it's sweet Whereas oh, okay. pastas are typically salty. Sorry, no, we like our spaghetti sweet. Mm-hmm. And we nice. use hot dog as the meat. Oh, okay. So that's typically served at a birthday party along with fried chicken. What makes it sweet, though? When you prepare the sauce, I believe if I saw the recipe correctly, there's brown sugar that you add. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, that is really weird. Until companies, the food companies in the Philippines, decided to make a pre-prepared uh, sweet sauce. Sweet sauce. Like in the jar. Yeah, yeah it's just Filipino style.
0: Cool. By
2: Del Monte. <laughs> <Yes>.
0: <laughs> so good. Yes. So, birthday parties, what kind of other celebrations will you guys really make a lot of food for?
2: Uh, Nochebuena or Christmas Eve. Okay. That's probably one of the biggest times when families gather and there's a lot of food. We especially love preparing ham and other kinds of there's always lots of fries wherever Mm -hmm. you go so um let's see there would also be on fiestas and feast days of patron saints so lots of people in the smaller towns would gather and have a big parade and the celebration uh anniversaries often anything that's family related
1: right
2: those are often big celebrations to have
0: cool can we talk about lumpia yes i love i
2: love it too i
0: had it so maybe just for anyone who doesn't know here at bou hawaii we have food fests. so it's where different different groups of countries will make the food from their native lands and i had the it was banana lumpia Mm -hmm. from the philippines
2: yeah
0: i fell in love with that (laughs) yeah that uh it's a dessert i
2: think yeah so there's two ways to prepare it so the dessert the one with banana that would be considered a turon, but it's prepared the same way with the wrapper okay. and everything. The uh, actual lumpia, especially Lumpiang, Shanghai, that's uh, that's meat basically or vegetables in the egg wrapper, I think. And then okay. it's prepared the similar way, but this time it's they're both fried. Mm. So yeah, that's actually one of my favorite foods also. Nice. Yeah. Do you cook a lot of like Filipino food here? Uh, here, I don't, but many of my Filipino friends do. So they would call us over, and then there's suddenly some adobo or, <laughs> or our favorite soup, sinigang, which is a, like a sour soup made with tamarind and pork. Mm-hmm. It's really good.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I should have eaten lunch before. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah, like, me, too. <laughs> <angry>. me too. Me <laughs> too. Yeah, that's great. Is there yeah. any foods that Hawaii doesn't really have that you miss from back home?
2: Mm, Well, I don't often miss out on Filipino food When I'm around my Filipino friends One food I do miss though Would be Ah, it's a bit complicated to prepare Which is why uh, no one really prepares it It's nilaga It's a bit sweeter compared to to sinigang Where sinigang uses either fish or pork Nilaga uses beef Mm -hmm. And there's usually like half a corn cob in the soup, oh, okay, so that's one I really miss. Uh, another soup is also called bulalo, it's kind of similar, and yeah, those are kinds of foods that I haven't had in a while since coming here,
0: right? It's like what you asked your mom to make when you go home, yeah, thing.
2: <laughs> yeah. She would mostly cook sinigang, okay, sinigang. yeah, but I miss nilaga. <laughs> mm-hmm. When was the last time you were home? Um, before I came here, so last, uh. F- the whole of 2018, I was home because I came home from my mission. Okay.
0: Yeah. Right. And we didn't ask, but where did you go on your mission to?
2: The Philippines Ordinata Mission. So that's in Luzon. So that's a Tagalog-speaking area. Okay. But the language there, the regional dialect there would be Ilocano.
0: Mm-hmm. So where is that in relation to Cebu? North. North. Way up north. Okay. And was yeah. did you find out it was a lot different from your hometown when you went there?
2: Yeah, so uh, Ordoneta is in, it's a city in a province called Pangasinan, mm-hmm. and it's way different because Cebu is this really nice mix of metropolitan and rural, whereas Ordoneta is mostly rural, and that's where majority of our rice is grown, okay. so that's, it's hot really really hot (laughs) there and there's a lot of rice fields wherever you go it's a beautiful sight. Mm -hmm. so apparently my mission president told me that the reason it's called pangasinan because the word for salt is asin i think it's probably i don't know if that's also the spanish word Uh, we can look that up later (laughs) so it's pangasinan or it's where people would salt Shrimp for a paste called Bagoong,
0: mm-hmm.
2: which is a salty shrimp paste. So that's where they salted it, which is why it had to be directly under the sun. So I thought that was really, really cool. Yeah,
0: that is cool. Yeah. So not as many, not like big cities up Mm-mm. there, just more farming.
2: Yeah, and lots of tricycles. Way more tricycles than I've seen in Cebu.
0: Tricycles. Yeah. What could you describe tricycles to us a little bit?
2: Ah, uh, a tricycle. So it's a motorcycle and there's like a sidecar, oh, and it's okay. covered so um, that's a typical mode of transportation, and they're really fun to ride uh-huh. so it's really loud and really fun. There's way more of those in uh, in Urdaneta because it's a bit more rural, so it's easier to maneuver compared to a car
0: right. Yeah. And that is so. It could be like a taxi, almost. You you pay someone, and then you ride to wherever you're going.
2: Yeah, and many people can ride. So if I was going somewhere, sometimes tricycle divers would also pick up another person, as long as you're going in the same direction. So yeah, it's like communal uh, transportation.
0: Very cool, like public transportation, but Mm -hmm. just everyone jumps on the
2: tricycle.
0: (laughs) Really cool. So um what about if someone was to visit the philippines Mm. is there a certain area you say oh you have to go here you have to go see this
2: well obviously i'd start everyone with cebu Uh because that's where i'm from (laughs) it's a great place so the uh, cebu is divided into two islands connected by a bridge okay so i live in the maktan area which is where the airport is so right there there's more beaches and resorts and then towards the Cebu city proper that's where you can find your shopping and all sorts of things that you would typically find in a city the temple is also there so most of our fellow LDS visitors would immediately try to find the Mm -hmm. temple so a lot of the activities in the Cebu island city proper
1: Mm.
2: And then I'd also recommend Baguio. So if I served in Baguio is just like mountain up, it's mountainous and it's very very cold. Oh
0: wow! Yeah, I feel like you wouldn't expect that. Yeah. yeah,
2: it's actually the one place where we can grow strawberries. Okay. And it's practically like their industry there. You can, uh, you can visit strawberry farms there. You can uh, so it's mountainous, so it's a fun drive. And you can go to the parks there, and you can wear the traditional, I believe it's the ifugao attire. I have pictures of those, so it's really, really fun. Uh-huh. Um, other places I'd recommend, ah, uh, Bacolod. So Bacolod is, um, it's also a nice place in the Visayas area, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong, Filipinos, <laughs> if you're listening to this. Comment. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, Bacolod is famous for having really nice open roads. That was one thing my father geeked out over because Cebu's roads are still a bit smaller mm-hmm. but because their roads are really wide, about four lanes each. And there's a place there called the Ruins. It was a mansion there that during the Second World War, they had to burn it down because wow. uh, the family who lived there was a very rich and powerful family and the soldiers had to burn it down and use it as a fort so that no one can... like. Uh, infiltrated and it's a very it's a popular landmark and it's now also a museum so you can visit very it cool. so we i also got to go there it's really really beautiful it's like it has a certain glow because it was it's was like egg washed when it was built so it would grow a bit like pinkish mm-hmm. in the yeah. sunset. So yeah, sounds beautiful. But other than that, there's also other places like Palawan. Palawan is considered the last frontier of the Philippines. It's uh, the Philippines looks like a man with a cane, or an upside down Y. So the cane part, that kind of slants, that strip of island that's Palawan. It's so beautiful. There's lots of uh, there's beaches as far as the eye can see, and there's also the underground river oh. so wow, what's yeah. that so there's a cave uh-huh. and you get to row your uh this boat underneath it and no yeah i also got to do that it's it's a once in a lifetime experience so mm-hmm. you have to grow you have to go there it's just cool and there's bats above I'm, s- I'm sold <laughs>
0: yeah that sounds yeah. great keeping
1: that in mind yeah, yeah batman
2: would love it there <laughs>
1: So, you've told us some places we should visit. Mm -hmm. So, if you're, what are some things someone should know if they're gonna go visit the Philippines for the first time? Um,
2: If you're on a diet, (laughs) scrap it out. (laughs) Because, yeah, you are going to eat a lot. Because, Filipinos, we love feeding our visitors. Mm -hmm. We always ask, Oh, have you eaten yet? Have you eaten yet? Um, And if your answer is no, or even if your answer is yes, uh, the aunties and the moms and the grandmas <laughs> there will just like shove plate after plate <laughs> after plate and um, expect to eat a lot of rice. Right. So, more rice than you've ever eaten in your lifetime. <laughs> and uh, just enjoy it. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: That's cool. Is there something that foreigners like, oh, make sure you don't do this certain thing?
2: Uh, let's see. Uh, Not that I'm familiar with, at least. But uh, try not to refuse food. <laughs>
0: right, okay. So. Yeah. Okay, that's rude. Hence why we need to scrap the diet.
2: Yeah, scrap the diet because you will have to say, yes. Yes, Auntie, I will eat that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> My brother recently had to go to the Philippines mm-hmm. for business. Oh, wow. And he told me... He told me that he went to visit a volcano that was in a lake or something like that? Yes, Ta'al. Ta'al. Yeah. So I didn't really understand. Is it like an active volcano inside of a lake?
2: Yes. Wow. So it's like, imagine, so it looks like this giant crater. That's the lake area. Uh And then in the middle, it's like this looks like a donut, basically. Okay. And then the in the smaller circle, that's a volcano. It still steams mm-hmm. and everything. And people go swimming in the lake because there's a lot of minerals there and sulfur. So apparently, it's good for your skin or something right. like that. Okay. And the fish there apparently is some of the healthiest and apparently the yummiest. I don't wow. remember trying any of the fish from that lake. But if I get the chance to, I really should because... I, I need to go swimming there.
0: Yeah, it's, 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 I wonder is it if it's warm? <laughs> yeah, or, it's like, like a, a hot big spring. Hot spring. <laughs> I think
2: it I think it does work like a hot spring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um. I think. So those who, Filipinos who live in that area, please tell us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the water is like cuz yeah. I haven't tried it yet.
0: So where is that area? Is that an area kind of further from where you're from?
2: Yeah, it's above Manila. Okay. So Manila is where I was born. That's our capital. Right. So if you go above there, the region of just above i forgot what it was called but there you'd find it yeah if you just ask directions they'll point to you oh yeah is mm-hmm. over there <laughs> just <Cool>. keep driving <laughs> yeah,
0: so people are very helpful oh if yeah you need if for you sure. have questions or yeah anything. for sure that's nice and say if i was to go and i didn't speak any tagalog or mm-hmm. anything would it would it be okay is there enough english yeah. speakers
2: no problem because um we always have a lot of foreign tourists, mm-hmm. so and Filipinos by nature we all speak English, um, but yeah, if you ask directions, it won't be a problem. Nice, yeah, it's very
0: cool. Maybe as we, as we wrap up, what's, what are what's something or some things you want everyone to know about, the Philippines or about, the people from the Philippines. Mm-hmm.
2: Filipinos are Asian. (laughs) Sometimes people forget that we are Asian Uh also. So they think like, like where do you fall under? So Mm -hmm. uh, one of our alumni who graduated here, who's also Filipino, Paul Basera, he has this amazing YouTube video about that topic. Are Filipinos Asian or are they Pacific Islander? I would say... Like what I said in the beginning, yes to both. So, yes, we are Asian. So, yeah, do not forget that. <laughs> we are Asian too. Um, other than that. Oh, kamusta does not mean hi. Kamusta means how are you. Oh. So, if you speak Spanish, it's uh, the equivalent of como estas, which is where we got it from. Right. To say hi, there is actually no specific word that's that to say hi mm-hmm. but we do have a greeting word that kind of works like aloha okay. it mean, it's mabuhay which means like long live mabuhai. so mabuhai. if aloha is to give the breath of life uh-huh. mabuhay means long live so yeah. i feel like we should use that more often yeah i like we that we don't, we don't use uh, that's a very 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 formal word so it doesn't have like the popularity of the word aloha mm-hmm. so it's, i feel sad that we don't use it as much we use it in, say, letters or in our tourism advertisements. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we should definitely use Mabuhai a bit more. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So. Okay. Well, thank <laughs> you for letting us pick your brain and, <laughs> and ask you all these questions. Yeah. You, I... want,
2: you want a quick language lesson before we end? Yeah, it's true. sure. Okay. So, to say thank you, you say salamat.
0: Salamat. salamat.
2: Yeah, salamat. salamat. Um, to say you're welcome is walang anuman. Walang. Anuman. Anuman. Yeah, Salam. that means you're welcome. And then to say how are you, it's kamusta. Kamusta. Yeah, kamusta. And then let's say, um, hmm, what's something I should leave you with? <laughs> ah. This one is a bit more of a Cebuano term. It's a bit street language. But when something awesome happens or when uh, something awesome and unexpected happens that you're just trying to say, Oh wow, mm-hmm. you we often say the word charot. Charot
0: Charot. Charot,
2: <laughs> charot. charot. yeah, we <laughs> we use that typically in Cebuano. So if someone said, Oh, guess what? I'm going on a date. Charot yeah so it and tagalog would be would act very very differently but that's Mm. one word you can use because majority of the filipino students here come from cebuano speaking regions oh i didn't know that yeah so you can just say oh charots Charots. i'm totally gonna use that yes (laughs) Yes. that's
0: awesome yes i know one phrase maganda gabi
2: magandang gabi that means what does that mean um. I forgot. Good night.
0: <laughs> good night. Okay, so it's like or single, good evening. Okay, that's, yeah. I something like
2: yeah. that. Yeah. Good morning would be magandang umaga. Okay. Or in Cebuano Mayung. buntag. I know it's like, how did those two?
1: I I can hear it. Like it's different. It is. It's just we're not pros. So like so different. Yeah, <laughs> different. It's cool yeah. how,
0: like, you can just switch from one language to the other. Yeah. Is it more of a dialect kind of?
2: Apparently, yeah, before it was considered a dialect, but now I think there's this new language law in the Philippines. Uh, I'm trying to do more research on it, but apparently it means uh, it just says that all regional dialects are now considered languages. Okay. And in schools, they're trying to implement a mother tongue program where they encourage the children to speak whatever dialect their region speaks. So oh, if nice. you speak. If you're in Cebu, they want, they try to encourage you to speak more in Cebuano. Mm. Yeah.
0: Very cool.
2: Cool. Yeah. So, to all those who listen, salamat kayo para sa imong time.
0: And would it be appropriate to say mabuhay? Yeah. At the end?
2: Yeah, that can also be. <laughs>
0: okay, nice. Thanks so much, Angela, for yeah. coming and helping us learn more.
1: Yeah. And... Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in. This was the Xeno Podcast. You can stay updated by following our Facebook and Instagram pages at Zeno Podcast.
0: This podcast was brought to you by BYU-Hawaii's Reading and Writing Center.
1: You can find us on YouTube or iTunes or by searching Zeno Podcast. That's X-E-N-O podcast.
0: If you have any questions or comments, you can email us at RWC at byuh.edu.
1: Thanks for learning by listening.